Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello and welcome to the Scores on Sunday podcast. Hope you're having a great weekend or start to the week. That is the beauty of the podcast medium. You can listen whenever you like. Now, today we're talking about everything that's happened overnight on Saturday and everything else happening in the world of football. It's been busy, particularly if you support or keep an eye on Manchester City. My name's Richard Bayless and joining me today on the podcast, first of all, Michael Bridges. Hello. Good morning, Rich. Nice to see you, John Aloisi. Hi. Morning, Rich. And Luke Wilkshire, how are you? Yeah, all well, thanks, mate. Very good. Now, boys, let's rip straight into what we've seen this week. We'll start with Manchester City, knowing that we're we're about to talk about Liverpool and the fact that their lead at the Premier League summit has increased once again with yet another victory. But it's made that a little bit easier for them, generally speaking, because their biggest adversary in Manchester City, John, not in Europe for two years. This is a massive football story, a massive sports story. It's a a huge story because we don't know what City... They will appeal it. They're going to appeal it. So will it get upheld, the the ban? But if it does get upheld, what does that mean for the club moving forward? The players that they've got there, the players that they might be able to sign, they won't be able to sign because everyone wants to be playing Champions League. Does Pep Guardiola stay? There's a lot of questions. It's huge. And, And also, not only that, what about the Champions League? Does Sheffield United get a look in then? Did Tottenham Hotspur get a look in? That's how I want to no, Come on, come on. Let's not go too far. Well, that's the question, isn't it? Now you're looking at sides that finish maybe fifth, get that spot, but there's also a lot of water to go under the bridge because Manchester City will appeal very harshly as well. They knew this was coming, and there's a su- suggestion today as well. We'll see lots of different rumours and stories coming out, a suggestion that their 2014 title is going to be investigated as well. You know who finished second on that occasion, Luke? No, I don't. Can you inform me? I'll tell you. That's the beauty of having the internet in front of me and uh, (laughs) reminding the memory, Liverpool as well. So Liverpool are looking at potentially two league titles in the space of a couple of months. Would they really want that league Uh, title? You wouldn't have thought so. Would they really Uh, do that? No, surely not. Yes, they would after so many years of hurt. They will take anything. (laughs) But you also look at the fact that in other sport when, you know, I mean back here in Australia when Melbourne Storm, they had their premierships taken off them in the rugby league second place didn't get the title so let's not jump two or three steps ahead it might not happen it's going on in england at the moment in the rugby with is it saracens they are a team yes yes <laughs> yeah. i think it is saracens hey they're, they're being investigated as well for for something that they've been doing um, behind the behind the back payments and john you said there that city will appeal they're going to appeal they've got the financial clout to probably see this through um, but I think it's gonna it will obliterate the the coaching staff. I think Pep and his men will be gone. I can't see them them hanging around. Well, earlier today uh, on Sunday on scores on Sunday we had Guillaume Balaguer, Spanish journalist, who said that uh, what he's hearing from Pep Guardiola's camp is that 
he will see out his contract regardless. That's got one more year to go. There have been rumours of Juventus, and Pep said that at some point I like the idea of going to Italy and, and potentially Juventus, so keep an eye on that. But it has a massive knock-on effect, doesn't it, Luke? Because if players don't want to be there anymore, other players don't want to go there anymore. We've seen that with Manchester United struggle to attract players because they're not in the Champions League, plus the financial ramifications, and the owners might just say, you know what, we don't want this anymore. We'll sell the club off. Yeah, who knows? Who knows? If it is upheld, um, you know, there, there definitely will be a, a massive, massive fallout. Um, I think, obviously, the players that they got there, obviously on great contracts, but I'm sure playing Champions League is, is high on their priority. And, and as to attracting players, and naturally the best players in the world all want to be playing Champions League football and, and won't want to go there if they're not playing for two years. Well, let's... Talk about what it means on the Premier League table at the moment. Manchester City still second. Leicester had a draw with Wolves on Saturday morning. On Sunday morning, though, Liverpool, another victory. 17 in a row, another clean sheet, 1-0 over Norwich. John, it wasn't necessarily comfortable for Liverpool, but then again, nothing seemingly has been comfortable, yet they always find a way to win. That's the thing. They always find a way to win. They always can count on, even if they're not playing well, their defence being strong. If their defence uh, lets an opportunity pass them by in terms of Norwich creating a 2v1 against Allison, Allison pulls something off. They, they've just got strength throughout their team, especially their spine. And we know going forward that uh, Mane, who came off the bench, is, uh, he's always dangerous. Uh, Salah... Um, they just got so many attacking threats. But what I, I just love about Liverpool is Klopp's able to get them to a, a certain level every game, every game, because that's a battle sometimes. You know, It's not only the football you play, it's actually winning the fight. And in the first half, they weren't great this morning, but in the second half, they were the better team. I remember watching Manchester United all them years ago under Ferguson when they had Steve Bruce and Gary Pallister as the two centre-halves. And it was that Fergie time. And United always found a way to get a result and win. This is what Klopp has instilled in these players. They forgot how to lose. And 103 points from 105 potential points is just absolutely incredible. And I think it's something that we are witnessing. Arsenal, the Invincibles, have gone and done it. I can see Liverpool emulating that this season and going and and doing that and lifting this title. No doubt about that. But it's all the records that they are going to break through this process towards the end of the season. I think that's what Klopp... You, you mentioned on the show this morning on goals on Sunday. That is the incentive and the targets and the goals. Once they win the title, how do you keep that mentality going? Well, that, that's the thing about it, uh, and I believe, is that when you win the title too early, and Juventus have done it in the past, Barcelona have done it in the past, that if you do take your foot off the pedal a little bit, then they do subconsciously, it affects them in Champions League run. And so Klopp won't want that to happen because they, they'll win the title in the next few weeks. Klopp will start to look at different goals that they might put in place in terms of breaking more records. So the intensity is up there all the time and the Champions League is still a major thing that they'll go looking for. Well, let's have a look at what's in their way when it comes to that record you speak of. And Bridgie, you compared them to the Invincibles. They need six more unbeaten matches in the Premier League to equal Arsenal's record of 49. So first of all, West Ham at Anfield, three points Liverpool. Away at Vicarage Road, Watford, tricky, but you sense they they don't lose that. Then it's Bournemouth at home, three points Liverpool. Then the tough one potentially over Stanley Park, Goodison Park. That will be tricky, you sense. And Carlo Ancelotti knows how to beat Liverpool. Then it's Crystal Palace. They'll win the title if they win those. They only need a maximum of 15 more points. Then to equal the record, if they're still cooking at that point, 
Manchester City. What an amazing atmosphere occasion that might be, a sliding doors moment potentially. Manchester City, after all this drama, could still deny them the record. Yeah, it's incredible and that's how football sometimes works. It's ironic like that. But, um, you know, you just look at Liverpool and the form they're in and Bridgie touched on it there. They they just find a way to win and that's what the top teams do and, and that's what they've instilled. They, they don't believe in losing. They don't know how to lose. It's a habit. Winning, it just becomes a habit. Um, whether they're playing well or, or not so well, uh, you know, the the champions, you know, win games when they're not playing well. That's what makes them champions. Sadio Mane came on with half an hour to go. He scored the winner, as John said before. Somewhat controversial. Looked like there might have been a slight push in the back on Zimmerman. They were going to win anyway. It doesn't really matter, does it? Sadio Mane in form and fit as well before the match midweek against Atletico. In the other Premier League match overnight, Southampton went down at home to Burnley. Michael Bridges this week uh, on Optus Sports Socials gave his England team at the moment and put Danny Ings up front. Well, Danny Ings' first goal against them. What did he do? He pretty much you put gave, the the, on gave the dummy, <laughs> he ducked out of the way. He definitely saw the team sheet that I'd put in there and he felt very <laughs> uncomfortable about it. He felt the pressure. He was a bit nervous. And um, when when you get to see it, it, it's almost like a cricketer when he go to leave it and let it go through to the wicketkeeper. So maybe he thought I put him in the England 11 for the cricket. You, you know, he's, he's trying to do that. But what he did do, Rich, he went and redeemed himself at the other end of the field. He, he got a goal. He had his back to goal took his touch and used the defenders of Southampton to blindsight the goalkeeper and slot, slotted one bottom corner. And that is the form that he is in. He's, he's injury-free at the moment, and that's why I think he's made a massive claim with Harry Kuehl's... Harry Kuehl? Harry Kane's injury. Harry, oh, Harry's back. Harry Kane. Not <laughs> for England, he ain't. <laughs> <laughs> Harry Kane is, is out... And I think he is the man that can go and fill that void. It's hard to argue with that. I mean, his duties aren't defensive, so you can't blame him too much from that uh, that ball from the corner. But they did go on and lose it in the end, did Southampton, because Matej Vitra, a player who has been peripheral to Burnley this season, popped up with a great left foot strike. They won it. I wonder, though, Johnny, should Southampton have had a penalty late when Ben Mee appeared to handle in the box? Interpretation of VAR, um, and, and that's what we've been talking about uh, all season, especially in the Premier League this year and throughout the world that um, people are upset about VAR, um, but it, the handball rule is not clear, uh, whether it's, it's intentional, not things. intentional, it, it, it's too hard to judge. For me, that's a penalty. Uh, For me, it's a penalty. Yeah, I agree also. Look, that makes three of us. Yeah. So that's three ex-pros talking about a decision that we think is a penalty, and yet there's guys sat in that VR box, whatever they do... Whatever they're watching can't give that decision. But, but at, the en- at the end of the day, it's their opinion that counts. Football's an opinions game. So we it's have still ours, an opinion. But it's theirs that count. Yes, so it's it not is. a yes or no. It's it not a no, goal line no, technology. No, it's an opinion. It's crap. Yeah, and, and, and look, we also saw the Wolves game with a, a minimal offside, yeah. a, a virtually a toenail that he was offside by. and But that, you can say, at least is the laws of the game because he is actually offside. But the handball one is still it's, it's still too hard to, to judge. What is in, interesting, we spoke about it on Scores on Sunday, was that um, the actual coaches have been quite calm in their responses <laughs> all the way through. And, and I think a lot of the time it's because they do get bored about talking about VAR, plus they can only control the controllables. You can't control VAR. Well, Luke nailed it as well. They're sick of getting... What did you say? Yeah, look, you, you, you can't change it. And that's the same as coaches. You tell your players, get on with it. You're not going to change it. And they get hit in the pocket. They get fined. They lose money. They lose their patience. They end up losing their hair. 
worrying about it. <laughs> you know? how, many, on, your how, how many How many VAR decisions have you had in there, your career? There, there's no VAR in the NPL one. <laughs> I'll tell you what, the stress kicked in quickly for Mourinho, didn't it? Because he seemed to lose his hair overnight. But that's another issue. We'll talk about that a little bit later on in the podcast. As for other results overnight, you look around the continent and plenty of leagues at the moment are much tighter than we maybe anticipated, starting with La Liga because, John, Real Madrid and Barcelona are now level again at the top. Real Madrid play tomorrow morning and you would expect them to get the points against Celta Vigo, but Barcelona did what they had to do with a 2-1 win over high-flying Hatafe in third. Still not convincing. Yeah, they were in, in comfortable position being 2-0 up. They were cruising, took the foot off the pedal, and then Hatafe got back into the game. And the guy who did score, Angel, is uh, actually, maybe he might actually sign for Barcelona because Barcelona looking to get a replacement for Dembele, for Suarez. They need a striker, and he's one of them that they're looking at. But um, you have to say Real Madrid look the form team at the moment. They're, they're actually they're playing well. They look well organised for the first time in, in a long time uh, with Zidane. And uh, physically, they they went to Osasuna last week week and beat them 4-1 and that's not easy that's not an easy place to go and uh, Real Madrid looks strong I can't see Barcelona they've got a lot of room for improvement I just don't think that they're actually hitting their straps under Setien at the moment what do you think about that rule you mentioned the fact that Angel Rodriguez might go there because of this rule apparently if you have a player that's out for more than five months with an injury you can actually get one injury replacement in outside of the windows, which seems only from the country. Only you can't go foreign. That's you, right. You have to get it from your own country. Got to be from Spain. So, yeah. I mean, for a club the size of Barcelona or Real Madrid, they will always have the power to do that. It seems if they want to. But do you think it? Do you like the rule? Um, not if you're a, a Real Madrid fan at the moment. If you're a Barcelona fan, you will like the rule because mm. they desperately need a striker. I, I actually think that uh, I can't believe they didn't go get one in the window and 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 didn't have to be in Spain but the, the thing is they're looking for a quick fix because we know that Suarez is out to the end of the season Dembele the same Griezmann's been playing up there but he's not really a number nine so they need to go get they will go get a striker uh, it, it, whether it's Ankel or uh, someone else they, they have to go get one some big games this week in the Champions League involving Spanish sides. Atletico have Liverpool, as we mentioned before. Barcelona go away to Napoli, and you don't know what's going to happen. Both clubs have had a funny old season, particularly off the pitch. And Real Madrid and Manchester City, for those reasons we spoke about with Manchester City, what on earth do we get from them? And what do we get as well in the return leg from the atmosphere in the stands at Manchester City, Luke, because we've seen fans have been voting with their feet a bit at City over the past couple of years because of the claims against them made by UEFA. Also, I think the fact that the opposition's been pretty poor and they haven't done too well in the knockouts. But Manchester City and Real Madrid, fascinating. Pep against his old adversaries as well. This should be unbelievable. Yeah, it should be a cracker, and and I dare say that it'd be... Be a big uh, protest for fans not to turn up to watch this game. I think um, you know it's going to be an absolute cracker. I think off the back of though this this possible suspension um, shall be interesting. But you know this is a this is a clash that that's got everyone's mouth watering. I think um, the sort of football and the brand of football that both teams play will make for a spectacle. I think the true diehard City fans from the area will probably protest and not turn up and um, not support not the club but the decision that's being made. But it's a tourist dream. What a tie. So I can see, 
you know, there's going to be tickets ready available. They'll be able to get them. And it's, so there'll be any tourists at the stadium? I reckon so, mate. <laughs> I reckon if you're going to go, it's the time to go and catch a game because this is going to be a classic game. So you're saying it'll be more like a Manchester United game than a Manchester United? Yes, Richard, that's exactly what I'm saying. Ooh, oh, I'm a Leeds fan. Yeah, there'll be some uh, there'll be some Manchester United fans hearing that uh, not happy, but I don't mind. Uh, let's turn our attention to Serie A because it's unbelievable at the moment what's happening at the top in Italy. None of the big teams played overnight. They all play in the morning. Juventus have Brescia. You would uh, suspect that they would get three points at home against Brescia. But in the other match, Lazio and Inter Milan. Before we talk about that one, this morning we saw Atalanta and Roma. Now, Roma had the chance, John, to draw level with Atalanta, who are still in the Champions League, punching above their weight. But they showed their quality once again. What a team to watch. They're attacking football, scored 63 goals, leading goal scorers in the Serie A. Um, they've got uh, Gasparini, just, he gets his teams to play an attacking style of football. And uh, the, the players that they got going forward, Ilicic, um, and then you know, you've know you got Zabata, uh, who was out most of the season, now is coming into form again. Uh, they were good this morning. Rome have lost three on the trot, yeah. so now it's starting to put pressure on Fonseca, the coach, because they're a team that and a club that need to be in Champions League. So being five points behind, six points behind, I think it is, Atalanta, well, the distance is now growing. Well, Atalanta showed good resolve this morning. They went 1-0 down, Jekyll getting the goal, and the spirit that they showed to get that result, when the team that is chasing you goes 1-0 up, that showed what they're all about. They've given themselves that buffer for Champions League, um, and that was, I, just, I really enjoy watching Atalanta. I really do, because the, the, the way they go forward, the goals they score, they, they, they put themselves at risk but they're happy to do so. Am I right in saying that you predicted Roma would win the Europa League? I did, Rich, and I still stand by that. Yeah, just... Yeah, we, we need to... <laughs> Why we need to stop getting... Uh, <laughs> I had a moment of madness um, about two months ago, but I've got to stick by it He now. doesn't okay. want to back down. Yeah. I'm not backing down. I'm saying they're going all I'm the just, way. I'm just writing a note here. Remind to self, don't get Bridgie in when he's been drinking again. <laughs> <laughs> So Germany, boys, uh, Bundesliga at the moment, unbelievable. Again, it's so tight. It looked as though when Bayern Munich went top a couple of weeks ago, you went, oh no, here we go. They're going to do that thing where they start poorly and then they... Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part, for every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. End up, you know, coming on the later stages and winning it. They could still do that, and tomorrow they have the chance to go top again. Leipzig jumped them with a big win, 3-0 over Werder Bremen, and all the chases also won this weekend. Dortmund, Gladbach, Leverkusen, it's tightened up again. Yeah, it's great, and it's fantastic for, for the neutral and for, for supporters for it to be so close. I think, um, you know, for me, Leipzig... I think, um, you know, they had a little bit of a wobble over the last weeks, but I, I think, um, you know, it was great to see them bounce back and get a good win. Obviously, Dortmund with a good 4-0 four, four win, um, as expected, you'd say, against Bremen. But, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting. I, I dare say it's going to go right down to the wire. And Leipzig this week, John, against Tottenham. When that draw came out, I think Spurs fans rightly would have felt, OK, we avoided the big boys. We didn't get, you know, Barcelona or Real Madrid or Bayern Munich again or whatever else. But... Leipzig at the moment on paper, despite that run that Luke mentioned, 
they look formidable. Yeah, I watched them also uh, not only uh, the, this morning where they won comfortably and, and they probably uh, only had to get into second gear really to win that game. But against Bayern Munich, I know it was a, a goalless draw, but they went to Bayern Munich and they took the game to them and they should have actually won that game. They created the better chances. So it's going to be a hard game for Tottenham. I think that um, Leipzig... At the moment, are the, the the form team. I don't think that Tottenham are. They're winning games, but they're not actually playing well. They're, they're just winning, but you can't write off Mourinho. Sorry, Mourinho. were we talking about Liverpool there? No. Did you say Liverpool are so, ugly getting late goals? <laughs> no. on, oh, Tottenham, no, sorry. Tottenham. Tottenham, right, OK. <laughs> don't even want to go up my team. <laughs> it's a big game on Thursday morning. Elsewhere in Germany, how about the fact that Erling Braut Haaland got Player of the month for January, despite playing only 59 minutes. I mean, he did score five goals in his first three matches. Went one game without scoring, and the questions were being asked, is he overhyped? But then again, he scored on the weekend again. And he's against PSG in another brilliant tie this week, John. I mean, that that could be, what, 5-5, five, 6-6? Five, six, six. Well, if you go off of what PSG did this morning when they drew 4-4, they were resting players, but they were 3-0 down, went 4-3 up, and then uh, Amiens ended up equalising right at the end. But what an attacking game that's going to be, because you look at the players that aren't even getting in PSG starting 11. Cavani can't make the starting 11. Drexler can't make the starting 11. So you think that uh, the players that they got, Neymar has been in good form. Mbappe, uh, Icardi scored uh, a couple of goals this morning. They're they're looking strong. And um, I think that they'll be too strong for Dortmund. The only reason why I say that is because Dortmund still got frailties at the back. Against Leverkusen the other uh, last week, they ended up losing 4-3. And uh, just at the back, they play with a, a back three. And it's not a back five because their wing backs actually are their, their, their danger going forward. Hakimi and Guerrero, they're incredible going forward, but they don't always get back in. And Hummels defensively still lets them down a little bit. It's going to be one hell of a game either way you look at it. I'm just going to enjoy it for what it is and just enjoy the, the goals that we're going to see, the style of play we're going to see. Who's going to win, Bridgie? I'm I'm a massive fan of Dortmund. I really like what they're doing, but I agree with you, John. Defensively, they are not good enough to keep PSG at bay, and I think PSG will go through. Especially if they defend high like they have been because they're taking the game to the opposition. Mbappe with that space in behind... He'll crucify them in yeah, white PSG areas. PSG can leak goals too. I tell you, I think, um, you know, when, when, you, when you're looking at Sancho, uh, Haaland, Hazard. Yeah, yeah, not many defences can stop them. That, that's going uh, to that's cause a lot of problems. So, I, look, I, you know, I, I, I honestly can't pick it. I think, um, you know, PSG going away to Dortmund, it's a tough place to go. I think, obviously, there's going to be a lot of goals. You know, if I was a, a betting man, which I'm not, I'd be saying... 15-plus goals over the two legs. Totally agree. I'm going to get the popcorn out, Rich, and I'm just going to sit there and admire it. Yeah, well, it seems as good a time as any to put in the Optus Sport plug. We'll have that live this week on uh, Wednesday morning. Speaking of uh, nonsensical uh, predictions, uh, the championship. How about this for a stat, Bridgie? Last night, the top nine sides sitting in the table, of the nine, only one of them won overnight. I wonder which one that was. Well, it's the only reason we're talking about it. Uh, we wouldn't be otherwise. But some of the results, let's start with Fulham at home to Barnsley. Now, this is a perfect illustration of how the championship is, in some opinions, the best league in the world, in others, including mine, the worst league in the world. Because Fulham sitting equal second, great form, best squad in the championship at home to Barnsley, who sit plum last. 
Barnsley win that 3-0. How does that happen, Luke? That's a question on the on the lips of every Fulham supporter at the moment. I think, um, you know, like like you say, it just shows the championship on, and it shows football that on any given day, um, if you don't turn up, no matter what position you're in, in the right frame of mind and uh, in form, then, then you can get undone by anyone. Um, you know, that shows, and that's not just a championship. I think that goes throughout football in the world. Indeed. At the top, West Brom, their lead was cut to four because... They drew two all with a Nottingham Forest side that only had one shot on target. I don't know how that makes sense, Bridgie. Uh, <laughs> I was just trying to work the maths out there, Rich, and I can't. Um, but again, Forest, good form. They they had a good win against Leeds United, but they couldn't back that up. You you mentioned it. The teams that seem to play Leeds, and I'm not just bigging it up, Bielsa style, you have got to be on the top of your game to keep up with Leeds United and the way Bielsa play and teams you said that play against Leeds United whether they win, lose or draw the following week don't go on to win the game because they are so underdone and that's exactly what happened to Forrest against Charlton wasn't it Lee, Lee Boyer got the result there? Yep So Forrest couldn't back it up then they go to West Brom they get themselves recharged again and they get a they get a late equaliser to make it 2-2 with one shot so fair play great stats What was that league like to play in John? It was a hard league because um, every game was tough. Uh, there was no easy game. And uh, and I, I think it, why it's so tough, because it's equalised a lot. You don't see uh, so many teams going to spend like you're uh, in the big leagues, Barcelona, Real Madrid. You, you know that you, you're not competing with them when you're in the top leagues. Whereas in, in the championship, I think every team at the start of the season, thinks they might have a chance of getting at least in the playoffs. And so it's so equal and, and it is a t- and so many games. It's like a marathon. It's definitely not a sprint. Still 13 to go. They've <laughs> yeah. played 33. You know, they're probably thinking about their end-of-season trips and promotion parties or whatever else. 13 games to go. We'll keep you up to date. Unless, of course, Leeds lose and then we won't even mention it. That's how we roll here. <laughs> is that why we didn't mention them last week? Uh, yeah. yeah. It's been a funny old run. But then again, West Brom as well. I don't understand how they're top because they've been pretty poor as well. Let's uh, turn our attention back closer to home and We've seen uh, some interesting news in the A-League over the last couple of days, but let's stick with the fact that a 15-year-old in Mohamed Torre in Adelaide, your old stomping ground, Johnny, on Friday night, youngest ever scorer in the A-League. Nuts. It's the story that the A-League needs. It's been a season that a lot of people have been complaining about because of the standard of the A-League. The crowds are down. People aren't watching. Um, but to have a 15-year-old come on and score... And look... I thought he was brilliant last week against Brisbane Raw. I thought when he came on, he actually brought something to their side because they weren't playing well. He came on and people are bouncing off of him. He's actually going at people 1v1. He's an incredible talent. We don't want to get carried away yet, but for 15 years old, he's showing some ability. But is that uh, you know, just the unbelievable talent that he is at 15 years old to come in and do that, or is that just showing the, the poor standard in the A-League for him to be able to come in at 15 years old and make such an impact like that? Oh, look, it can be a little bit of both because uh, we know that the standard probably hasn't been as high this season as it has been in the past, but you're still at 15 to even compete physically, and, and he is competing physically. But then he's showing, like, when you see signs of a, a player actually showing that he can he can beat a player, get into good goal-scoring positions like he is, um, look, you have to take your hat off to, to not only him, but the coaches to have that ability to throw him in as well. I was well. just about to say, that's the thing, if you... Um, if you're good enough, you're old enough. Doesn't matter. Wayne Rooney, we saw when he was 15, what yep. he did when he came on against Arsenal. You've got to have that belief to put them in there, knowing 
how they're going to handle that situation. And he's handled it the last two games, like you say. It looks like he belongs there. And it's great because when I first got when I first got over here and I've seen the A-League over the, over the period of that 10 years, you talk about youngsters. I've played in Europe. You've all played in Europe. Youngsters come through 15, 16, 17. Some 18-year-olds have got 50-odd games under their belt. Yep. And you come over here and some. I remember listening to comment me, oh, the, the youngster, the 22-year-old, I'm going, 22-year-old? No, he's... This is great for me that you're seeing players coming through at that age in the A-League because and it's actually set in the present. And that's what you say, hats off to De Verbeek to, to have the belief in him to, to put him on because a lot, a lot of coaches, they, they wouldn't. They, they would be looking at the age and they'd be... It has helped that they've had a lot of injuries. So that, yeah, that has possibly. helped. But also, and, and you heard him say, and you also heard Jakobsen say, that in training he's showing it. So if a player does shoulder in training, he shows it with the youth team and he's actually able to cause the defenders' problems in training, why wouldn't you throw a young player like that in? Because you've got nothing to lose. You've got no players around anyway. And I think the A-League does lack a little bit of that in terms of, you know, coaches or clubs being a bit scared oh we need to make top two because if we don't make top two we can't win it you know look we need to still produce players in Australia <laughs> and uh, and clubs need to back their managers even if they're not getting results because with young players what you are going to get you're going to get inconsistency and then not necessarily going to get the results so I, I think that uh, Adelaide United have shown that they haven't been consistent, but they have got quite a few young players. Dorigo in the midfield as well. He's only 18. So, you know, they've, they've been doing well with those young players. Well, long, mate, continue. Let's keep an eye on the Torre brothers, Dorigo as well, and hope that maybe the success of Mo in particular by, you know, troubling the record books when it comes to the younger scorer makes other coaches think let's give some of the kids a crack because it's all about giving opportunities. They have to be good enough, though. 100%. You can't be just well, giving young kids a crack if they're not good enough. No, you're in your spot in training. Yeah. you got to, you got to show it in, in you know, whatever team it is. You know, you got, you got to earn it in training. Question, though. I wonder, with the NSL as an example, would you take a hit in quality of the league for us to be giving a lot of younger players an opportunity in the first team, maybe seeing them eventually go overseas, exposure to first-team football so they get a pathway overseas, it strengthens the national team. Where is the balance there? Because you ask about the quality of the league against the opportunities for young players. Sure. So does it hit the quality of the league if you've got these young guys coming in and scoring goals and performing? Um, you know, so, look, I think it's a balance. You've you, you got you to earn your spot on merit. There's no age. You know, there's a, there's a saying, if you're good enough, you're old enough. Um, you know, and that's that's also down to the club and their values and the coach and their belief um, and in what they see. You know, like I said, you'll, you'll get coaches that just won't consider younger players just purely because of their age, whereas you'll get other coaches, obviously like Vivek, okay, injuries or whatever it may mm. be, but he's shown faith and seen enough in him. So, yeah, here you go. I agree with you. There has to be a philosophy from the club as well because there's certain clubs, and, you know, I don't need to name them, they're there to win it. They want to win it. And uh, there's other clubs that should come out and say, look, we want a challenge to win, but we're also here to produce players because that's a way of that we think that uh, we can make money uh, as well going forward. And, and we, we're looking at the best interest for not only our club, but for the national team and for football in general. That's a philosophy of the club. And clubs need to be strong and stick by it and also actually uh, be transparent and actually say it to their supporters so the supporters understand what they're trying to do. That, that, that for me, uh, sorry, um, you know, again, you talk about the philosophy of the club and, and you look as a club, you sit down before the season starts and you say, okay, what's, what's a success for us this year? Is it to win the league? Is it to produce players? 
Is it to be financially sustainable? So those are different things that the club needs to weigh up, weigh up and go about their process. Because I think, you know, if you're producing young players like Adelaide, they'll look and they'll say, you know, whether they win, win it or not or in the, in the playoffs, they'll say, well, this has been successful. We've brought in some of our young guys who are ready to progress. Well, certainly Friday night was successful. That got a whole heap of global traction as well around the world, seeing a 15-year-old score. Guys, we're almost out of time. One word answers from each of you on the following two questions. You know that is not possible from me. <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't even ask you to talk then and you came up with 12 words. So you're right. Uh, Aston Villa and Spurs tonight. A prediction for the result for each of you, bearing in mind that there can be a draw as well. Draw. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. Win. <laughs> yep, that's all. Awesome. <laughs> and there'll be a loss. <laughs> uh, which team do you think will win, John? Spurs. Okay, Luke? Spurs. Yep, hard to go against Spurs, which is weird considering uh, their form of late. And Aston Villa are in a final as well. Arsenal and Newcastle. Michael? Arsenal. 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 Okay, that's uh, a lot of confidence in a side that's only won six matches all season long. Newcastle but, uh, have only won one game in 14, Rich. Arsenal. All right, so Away from home, Jimmy. <laughs> one game in 14 away from home. Yeah, get it right. Well, Arsenal have been awful at home. It sounds like an awful game all round, judging on those predictions. Before we finish up, guys, on Tuesday morning, Chelsea and Manchester United. I can't believe that in the history of the Premier League, Manchester United have never done the double over Chelsea. I was shocked when I read that. But they have the opportunity of doing so after that 4-0 victory on the opening day. Both sides super inconsistent, but they've got that glimmer of light now, don't they, that both sides might make Champions League if City sit it out. Chelsea. Talking about being ironic, City could actually help Man United qualify for Champions League by finishing, like being kicked out and they finish fifth. So, yeah. Man United. You think so? Yeah. Luke? No, no Man United, Chelsea. Okay. Well, let's hope it's a, a cracking game. It was pretty weird first time in the season, wasn't it, Bridgie? 4-0 to one side when the others played okay. That, that seems like a long time ago. It does seem like a long time ago. Watching the game... And seeing the results... It was never a 4-0 game. It was incredible to see. They were just clinical. Four shots, four goals by United. Counter-attack and play. Chelsea dominating the field, dominating possession, dominating chances, and just could not score. But I was actually thinking, Frank Lampard will be sitting on that bus with his coach and staff going, you know what it is, right? We've conceded goals. We know what we've done. But the actual style of play was so... Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Good? Yeah, it was good. <laughs> <laughs> it's good to watch. So when you sent me a coach staff, I'm going, you know, we've got some great areas there. I would have been thinking Oli Gunnar Solskjaer and his staff would have been going, oh, we, we've got away with one there. We've got a lot to do this season. And that is how the season has unfolded ever since that game. And that's why I think Chelsea will go into this one at Stamford Bridge and will get the result because they are the team that I believe are far more structured. They know what they want to do. I still look at United and don't see what they are about. Okay, well, a reminder, this week, live on Optus Sport, the Champions League is back. It seems like an absolute age since the end of the group stage. Finally, we've made it to the round of 16 on Wednesday morning at Letico Madrid, and Liverpool is our feature game in the studio. But elsewhere, Dortmund and PSG, that will be unbelievable. The other matches on Thursday morning, Tottenham against Leipzig and Atalanta and Valencia, those two sides who uh, no one will really be backing, certainly a couple of underdogs in the knockout stage. Michael Bridges, thanks for your company. Have a great week. Thank you very much, Rich. Have a great week off the back of Leeds win, mate, because it's good to see you smiling once again. It certainly makes a difference. There's no doubt about that. John, thanks for your time. Thanks. Can't wait for Champions League now.
And Luke, you just keep on contributing, mate. Thanks, mate. Appreciate it. Have a great weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to take that? Well, I've got to give back to the game, you know. I've, oh. you know I'm, trying, I'm doing my best. Doing your best. Do That's all you can do. Guys, thanks for your company. You out there, if you've made it this far, congratulations and thank you. Join us next week on Scores on Sunday. Plenty of football coming your way. As always on Optus Sport, enjoy your football. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.